0: Welcome to C-Suite Radio.
1: Holy heartbeat! Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Excellent! With your host, Brett Allen. Well, isn't that extra special? Recorded live at Bay Area Studios. Join Brett each week as he interviews celebrities, influencers, authors, high-level entrepreneurs, and much more. At the open mic, no topic is off limits. Giddy up. And you never know who may stop by. Now, here's your host,
0: Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of the open mic podcast. Man, it's been a good run so far. We have some more amazing episodes coming down the pike. But uh, with us today, we have the multi-talented Marielle Scott. She can currently be seen on A Teacher on Ethics on Hulu. Also, she has a brand new movie out as well called All My Life that's on demand. And she is just one of the sweetest people on the planet. We had a fun conversation about her life as an actor, just making it work, being a working actor with ethic and and just doing what you need to do in this industry to pay the bills and really make it work. And if you set your mind to it, you can be successful. And success is not necessarily defined by money or status, but really just doing what you love. Marielle, welcome into the show. It's good to have you here today. Hi, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you too. And if you're just now tuning into the episode and you fast forwarded through the introduction, which I know a lot of people do because they just want to get right to the meat of the conversation. We are chatting with the multi-talented Mariel Scott. Most of you probably know her from a teacher on FX who, and we'll get into all of that as well, but she's done a lot of other things. She's had some pretty amazing credits. Uh, The TV series You, I mean, this the list kind of goes on and on a very hardworking actor, Lady Bird, housewarming, I mean, just on and on and on. So how was your holiday? How do you celebrate Christmas? Are you kind of glad to be past all of that? Are you like everyone else? I'm done with 2020. I mean, what was kind of the situation for you during all this crazy stuff we've been experiencing?
1: It's like, well, first of all, like, thanks for having me. I'm like so beyond flattered. I mean, it's kind of crazy because I listen to so many podcasts that like people interviewing actors, I want to know everything. I'm like, so intense about it. Um, So it's just like cool to be on, you know, such a rad podcast. But thank you. Um, yeah, no, no, Christmas is weird. Christmas was weird. Like, my mom was like so sad. We all like got tested and met up, you know, as a family. I'm from Los Angeles, so everyone lives in LA still. So it was just like we didn't get to see my grandma and like anything, and it was just I don't know. We we were happy to be together. We played categories and like I cooked with my dad, so that was really nice. But it was a tough Christmas. It was tough and you know, my dad like walked into the kitchen, like we were making the mac and cheese and he's like, Oh, just depressed. And I was like, you (laughs) are a 12 year old boy right now. Like I was like, "Gee," I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm very like glass half full. So just so thankful that my family is healthy. I just don't, you know, anything else is like completely irrelevant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I think all of us on some level kind of experienced that, but yeah, you know, I think is, difficult as things are it could always be worse you know it's funny that you say that i have a six-year-old and he was like i'm just so bored right now we can't go do anything because we used to just i'm in the bay area so we're used to kind of just being able to go out and do stuff and go places and a lot of that is just denied. you're you're in california now still right or are you somewhere else
1: no, I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, if my family weren't here, I probably wouldn't have stayed here. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I just want to be close to them, and you know, I've, I'm very much an LA girl. <laughs> like, I love it. My dad was born here. My grandma was born here. Like, it's just, it's very much who I am.
0: Yeah, I mean, because as far as acting goes, a lot of places now have kind of become the hot spot. Atlanta tennessee i mean so you could really go anywhere but were you working on anything during this lockdown and pandemic or had you already wrapped up most of your projects before everything hit
1: i wrapped up 90 percent of the projects i did have this bill burr show that i was working on that in march got pushed to september okay. so we shot that in september and that was for quibi and then quibi is no more <laughs> and yeah, i gone. like I know they're, they're done, but I mean, I loved, I loved the show. it was funny and I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. So I was just like excited to work on that. But besides that, I mean, it's just, it's self-tapes, it's self-tapes, it's auditions. Like it's just the life of an actor. It's like just putting your best foot forward. And you know, what I have done during this time is like just studied other actors. Like sure. I just watched a ton of movies and exposed myself to as much art as i could because you know there's not a lot of room right now for output
0: yeah yeah i mean there's not and now it seems like everything is kind of halting again a little bit that's a bummer about the bill burr show because i he's a great comedian are they hopefully gonna shop that somewhere else or i mean i guess you can't talk too much about it but you just one of those things that you still know
1: yeah i mean honestly like Actors are usually the last to know.
0: But there's so many outlets for streaming these days. I mean, it's hard to tell what's going to pop up where. I think this is the golden age of television where literally anybody can do anything and put it out there. Have you ever had any interest in sort of creating your own projects and producing things? Or are you one of those types? You're discontent you know, being a working actor and just doing and acting as much as you can.
1: You know, I think eventually I want to produce. I don't have any interest at this point in my life to direct. I know that I've been around some incredible directors and I've just seen the personality that it takes. And I just don't know if that, if I have that, but I, I definitely want to help other people create projects. So when I'm in a position that I can produce, I definitely want to funnel that into young talent and, you know, diversity and representation. I just think it, it matters so much and it's made it so I can work with the women who have come before me and just anyone who looks like me or whatever is just like making it so much easier. And I just want to, I just want to keep that going as much as I can.
0: Growing up, did you have a natural attraction to the arts and acting, or was that something that happened for you later down the road?
1: I remember I did a play when I was six years old, and it was the the fox and the quail, and I was the fox, and I had never felt more happy than when I did. I was like, oh, there's something here, there's something I love, and then I Asked my mom to put me in acting classes. And the only reason she said yes was because she could carpool with another mom. (laughs) So it It was like, great, like she'll pick you up and you know, I'll drop you off, whatever. And and so we did it. And then the other girl dropped out and I just didn't stop every year. She's like, Do you want to do it again? I was like, Yep, yep. And then so I just have known. I just have known and And my parents kind of floated law school at some point. And I was like, there's no, there's no way. I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I don't care. I went to LA County High School for the Arts and studied acting and auditioned to get in. And um, I took the bus every day from um, like a public city bus to get to downtown. And Yeah, and then went to UCLA and studied acting. Like, I just, I, I knew exactly what I wanted. I was like, I don't know. A lot uh, about, you know, I was like, I I don't know what I want in other aspects of my life or whatever, but this was always laser focused.
0: And L.A. County, just so people know that school, that's really where anybody who's anybody goes to study the arts and performing. What has been something that's been beneficial to you, Marielle, that's kind of kept you grounded and going because obviously now you've experienced a lot of success and we're going to talk about those projects. But starting out, like what sort of drove you to keep going? To be like a
1: hundred percent honest, I didn't think I was good at anything else. So I was like, all right, like I know I can do this well. I know that if I work hard, I could maybe get a part or two. What else? do I want to do whenever I would get rejected for a part or something? And it was just radio silence at the other end of the audition. And I didn't want to do it. I was like, all right, well, what can I do? And I was like, there's nothing else I want to do. Mm-hmm. That is definitely a huge part. Another is just having the support of my family and friends. And I really, really have deep empathy for anyone who's going against their parents wishes or going, you know, or who don't have that support because my parents are my biggest cheerleaders. They're hard on me. Like they'll tell me when a project sucks. <laughs> They're like, not, they do not hold back. But, um, but my friends are just like, keep going, keep going. I had to turn down a part earlier this year in, in January. Cause I just, it was a big contract and it was, you know, for seven years. And I was like, I just don't think I can, I want to oh, do wow. that job for seven years. And I remember just like, but who am I to turn down a job? Like that is ridiculous, but it was just, it was a hard. And I had my, my best friend with me and she was like, you're going to be okay. Like, it's not this or bust. Like you're, you're putting yourself first. You're picking projects that you believe in. And I was like, you're right. Okay. Cause I was like, out of fear. I was like, I should just take it. So I have, I have implemented some, some structures to help myself.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You're the first actor or celebrity. I've, talked to who's kind of been candid about that. So a seven-year deal, I mean, that, when you said no, were you like, oh crap, I wish I hadn't have said no. Would it, had been something that would have prevented you from doing other things and just locked you in, whether you were on screen or not? Yeah. Okay.
1: Totally. So with the TV shows, um, I'm sure, you know, I don't know if your listeners know, but there's something called a network test. So you yeah. have to go through the test. So Basically you sign your contract before they pick you so that you can't renegotiate after. Got it. So this would be a contract that would be seven years, first position, meaning that they get precedent over anything. A so holding
0: I, deal, basically,
1: Basically, so okay. let's say I booked a Tarantino movie and it shot may to, you know, whatever, may to October, but this project needed me during a month of that, I couldn't do the Tarantino movie. Got it. And I was like, I don't think I, and it was a part that I liked, but didn't love. And I was like, all right, so if I'm going to lock myself in for seven years and potentially give up a lot of other opportunities that I'm working towards right now, I just don't think I could live with myself. And it's that again, that's, you know, betting on yourself and it yeah, it was really, it was really scary. And when I, when I said no to the contract, I, I felt relieved, to be honest. I was like, all right. And I felt a little bit more confident.
0: Seven years is a long time to really kind of put your life on hold somewhat and not really know. And again, you know, as a, as a performer for people listening, that means that's a big deal. Yeah. It doesn't mean You're getting paid for seven years necessarily. You're just basically signing your life away to potentially do something and probably would have done something if you had something else that was offered to you like Tarantino, which would be amazing. That would suck uh, to be honest, to not be able to go shoot a movie Uh, in Mexico, vampire blood or zombies or whatever, you know, something wild and crazy. So we'll put that in the universe, you know, a Tarantino movie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Yeah, 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 that's very crazy. Well, let's talk about your feature film, All My Life, which is available streaming now. You play Megan Denhoff and you are just surrounded by a phenomenal cast. And this is a great movie. It's available on demand to stream, I think, on pretty much all the platforms. For people listening who have not seen this great film, what is it about and how did you get involved with the project? Oh,
1: it was, I'm, I'm so excited about this movie. It's a true story based on Jen and Saul. They fall in love and they have this really beautiful romance and Saul falls ill and they have to decide whether they want to continue being together, um, get married you know, try, try to live a normal life. And he's just, his, his quality of life is decreasing. And so they have to fight. And it's just a story really depicting young love when everything else is against them. And I play, um, Jen's best friend who throws them the wedding and I plan everything for them. And they kind of want to like, toss in the towel at one point and, and they just decide, like, they they don't know what's best. And I think this really shows like the power of a support system, the power of your friends and to show that like, even with social media and distancing and how kind of like torn apart we are in our world right now, that there's still so much good and that people are there for each other and want to be there. And, you know, my friend always says like, reach, reach out, the love is there. Yeah, reach out. Yeah. People want to be there for you. And I think this is really showing like people wanting to be there for each other. I mean, it's, it's a really, really beautiful story. Um, Mark Myers directed it and it's, yeah. And then I come on, like, I get to work with like Harry Shem Jr. and Jessica Roth. And I get to work with Jay Farrow, you know, from SNL, who just like kept us laughing, Oh, I'm you know, sh- for three months and like was doing impressions of us and just, Like it was, it it was great. Like it was an incredible experience. And I auditioned, I auditioned just like everyone else. Yeah. It was a pretty quick process and it was like two days or something and yeah. And got it.
0: Yeah. It's a great film. And I really like what you said, Marielle, just about the fact that as sucky as this time is right now, there is, I I mean, if you want to be inspired, just follow her on Instagram because she's always posting all these great pictures and I just get this sense of gratitude and thankfulness just about the life that you have. I don't want to sound negative, but it's not another actor complaining about something or being political necessarily. I don't want to get any nasty emails from anybody, but you know what I'm saying? Well, There's just like, well, it happens. There's just this thing. It's like, you're just positive, you know, it's like, and then you see other posts, you know, like, well, if your life sucked last year, it's going to suck this year. Oh. Like, well, how does that, you can't, going back to what we said before we started taping and the mics were hot, you we were just talking about investing in yourself and taking your craft seriously. And you have those very kind words and it's like, be positive. There's a lot to be thankful for. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like life just sucks, right? It's like, you can't have that attitude or your life will be completely miserable. Yeah, I, I
1: completely, I, I agree hundred percent. I think what you put out in the world, you get back. And Mm -hmm. I understand how hard it is to be an actor. I auditioned for, you know, years and years and years and didn't get anything and thought I had to change my body, thought I had to change my hair, thought I had to get different clothes, like anything to be bookable. And I was miserable. And I was like, okay, when I finally started to embrace who I was and get a little more comfortable with myself and, and I was like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I could just work hard. I could be nice. I can show up on time. I can do the things and I'll work. And I think that if people are posting like your life sucked last year, well, (laughs) you know what? Like for me, my life didn't suck last year. No, God. Like it really didn't. Like, if anything, it brought me closer with my friends and family. It made me appreciate what we have and it made me spend less. (laughs) Like, if anything, like I've become so much more minimalist. I like. Just, I don't know, more time. And I don't have time for that. I don't know. I feel like life is hard enough. Being an actor is hard. You get rejected. I don't need the negativity. Like, take it outside.
0: No, and especially in your line of work where you're going to essentially a job interview and you might not ever hear if you got the job. You probably won't hear. You, like, it's the, the percentage of people who are successful and make it, is very small and there's this, you know, misconception about working actors. And I use that term very respectfully because not everybody has the ability to get a pile of scripts on their desk every day and just say, no, 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 no. Like, and a lot of people I've talked to, and I won't mention names because it's not important. You would think we're independently wealthy and successful and then you hear them tell their stories. And you're like, geez, you know, this is like, you know, I had a real job or I had to drive Uber during this time or do DoorDash, which is the new waiting tables. I, I joke with actors about that, you know, because it's like you still have to pay the bills. Right. Oh, OK. So after I booked Ladybird, it was my first movie
1: ever. I went in for Allison Jones on a Wednesday. I didn't get a call back anything. Friday, I booked it and I filmed that. And it was a couple, it was like maybe two months. And then I was still working front desk at a yoga studio. So it hadn't come out. I was working front desk. I was working front desk and it came out and people were recognizing me as I'm checking them in for a yoga oh, class. Sure, Talk about humbling. Like I was like, like, whoa, like you're Shelly from Lady Bird. And I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, wow. Like yeah, we love Greta Gerwig. And I was like, okay, so you're in spot eight. <laughs> like, That's
0: happened I, to a lot of people. Well, it, it was so- not as uncommon as you would think. Yeah,
1: it's not, it's not. And I remember just feeling at the time so embarrassed and so much shame. And I was like, okay, I'm in this movie that got nominated for all these Oscars and like is getting all this buzz, but like it was an indie, you know, it wasn't what it was in the box office. So- I still had to pay the bills. So yeah. There's, there's a lot just like anyone who's pursuing their dream, like do, do what you have to do. Like I was, yeah. like, you know, Rocco's okay. like, you know, yeah. Like whatever, there's no ego. It's just, we're all just like doing yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it's, it's crazy because I don't think people get that. You know, they see you, your persona. Oh, she has a, or he has a blue check mark. And he's in all of these films and this, that, and the other. You know, there was, I think, I can't remember his name. One of the first to come out, just as a reference point, the actor from the Cosby show in a different world was seen bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. And it wound up getting all of this attention like on TMZ and stuff like that. And and then eventually a lot of people reached out to him. But what people didn't realize is that whatever success is you can't do this for the money or the fame that might come along but you have to be passionate about the art that you're doing and i think that's the biggest vibe that i get from our conversation is you just have to like really want to do it to do it and if you're working at a yoga studio or you're driving for doordash or postmates who really cares because you know you might get a little bit of coin for this or that but it's you know, it's not like somebody booking some series run. And even then, you know, people, I think there's a big misconception. And that's part of why I do this show is for people to understand that there's a level of humanity, right? It's not just like, get the paycheck and then go out and buy a fancy car and all this other stuff. It doesn't work that way.
1: No, I think that's really, I think it is a really big misconception, especially in Los Angeles. And I think that like, at that point in my life, I hadn't booked any jobs. Like I was just working service position. So I get right. a little money from this movie and I was like, I'm just going to put it away. Like sure. in no way am I in a position to just quit my job. Um, so it was, you, you know, you have to be strategic because with acting any career, I don't care who you are, there will be ebbs and flows. And there are right. times when you're not working. So you have to be strategic and smart with your finances you know fortunately now i don't have to have a side job but i had one for a long time and and i really think that there's nothing wrong with that and i think that understanding the the lifestyle is a big part of choosing this
0: career because right. it's
1: not all glitz and glamour even when you're on set you know it's like it's not it's like a work day
0: it's long and it's exhausting I've done stand-in and background work when I lived in New Mexico for different shows. And I get it. I mean, it could take 17 hours to film two scenes if you count people coming in on time, learning their lines, remembering their lines, and getting shots. And then if you have a show like yours, which we're going to talk about next, A Teacher, that adds a whole nother level of interesting things. Let's talk about that. I saw it come up on my Hulu suggestions. I saw it had Kate Mara in it and a whole nother amazing cast. I was like, this is interesting. There have been similar television shows and films based on this topic. And we joke about it, but the subject matter of the show, a teacher on FX. And if you haven't seen it, there might be spoilers. I'm sorry, but you can check it out. It's all streaming now. There's still a few episodes This is a limited series, right? So there's only so many episodes because we all know the story in this particular show can only go to a certain point. So it would be weird if they did a second season, you know. uh, (laughs) What are they up to now after they lose their jobs and everybody gets fired uh, for grooming an underage student? You play Catherine on this show, best friends, uh, co-teachers with Kate Mara's character. I don't know if I'm going to tell this correctly. Let's talk about the show sort of what it's about if people haven't seen it in your role in particular. Oh my God. Okay, the show for
1: anyone, it's dark. So it's it's it doesn't seem as dark, but it gets like oh, it's very, very dark. Very dark. It's, it's very moody. It's created by Hannah Fidel, who is an incredible, incredible showrunner. So it's basically about this teacher early thirties, who moves to a new town and who um, has a husband and she starts teaching and she falls for one of her students, Eric Walker, who's played by Nick Robinson and uh,
0: another unbelievable actor.
1: Yeah. He's great. He's really great. And uh, yeah. And they have this like wild affair and he's 17 when they start kind of hooking up and then he turns 18 And I play another teacher at the school who kind of shows her the ropes and I'm like a little drunk all all season and I'm like a little like crazy. And then she tells me.
0: That was a very interesting scene. I was like, I hope she doesn't tell her what she did. I definitely like push. You do, you do push. Because you kind of know, it almost kind of seems like, and that's just your amazing ability to act. Like you kind of already get the sense that you know What's going on maybe to a degree, but you don't know the specifics. You coerce her aggressively a little bit, I guess you could say, and she tells you, and then just everything uh, unravels from there for her character. And we won't give the rest away because there's still a few episodes up. What attracted you to the project? Like, what interested you? This
1: It's like very rare that you get a script like this. That is topical, that's well-written, directed by a woman, that is the, the starring a woman, the cinematographers is the cinematographer is a woman. Um, just so much female power at the helm and yet still making the woman multifaceted, like she's not good or bad. Like right. yes, what she does is bad, but they do a really great job of exploring her character in that. Like you kind of understand why, and there's like a little bit of sympathy and empathy and, and it's and it's confusing and it's gray. And that's what life is. Life is gray, yeah. not black and white. Yes, that is black and white. You cannot sleep with a student, but when you break it down, people do bad things all the time and they're not bad people. No, and excuse the behavior, but it's also, there's a little bit, there's some understanding. And I got an audition for it and I just, I completely fell in love and I kind of, for me, when the words are very easy to say and the audition, it just kind of flows. That's when, you know, the writing is a little, is elevated in a way. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just, I couldn't pass it up. I couldn't pass it up. I, I, I got the job and I was just overwhelmed and immediately got an email from Kate Mara, just saying like, we're so excited to have you. And when I met her, she like jumped up from the table to like hug me and meet me and was just like, just really, really made me feel welcome. And it kind of set the tone for the whole, the whole shoot.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I like about this type of story, because it is very adult oriented. So parents make sure your kids are in bed. You you know, yeah, trust me. Definitely. Hey. I had yeah. to say that to my
1: parents. I was like, Hey, uh, cause we watched as a family. I was like, um there's like there's like sex scenes so just everyone I want like, I want you to know and, and they're like
0: buddies. it's not you is it <laughs> <laughs> no my
1: god no, was like, no, <laughs> just so everyone knows there are sex scenes and my parents like thank you for telling us oh no, okay. that's funny
0: well I mean it's done very tastefully and all of that aside it is very dark but you handle the subject matter well in the show and at the end there is information available for people who have either been this experienced it as an individual who's been groomed or essentially vice versa for to get help because it's a very serious topic but it's a great show just with everything happening around us it it's made for good entertainment in fact i have a couple episodes on my dvr that i'm going to wrap up tonight so <laughs> i'm excited to kind of see how it winds up well mariel it has been so fun talking to you. You're like one of the coolest people on the planet. These two projects are great. Plus you have a bunch of other credits and things that you've done. Ladybird, of course, your feature film that's available to stream. And of course, a teacher on FX. If people want to connect with you and just follow you on social media and get a little bit of sunshine in their day, how can they do that?
1: Uh, it's Marielle underscore Scott. And I'm not really on Twitter. I don't, I don't really, I don't get it.
0: Well, Mario, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Brent. That brings today's episode to an end. Thanks for choosing to stop by and listen. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend and hitting the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host.
0: Is it all over, Rock? I guess so.
1: Until next time, cheers.